We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle drew nil-nil at Old Trafford to the home of Manchester United. And you've got myself, Alex, Ben Wade, Simon Campbell and Kyle Thompson to talk you through the game, how it went, what happened and why and, and what happens next. And most importantly, what we think, lads. And myself and Kyle, we were in the OAN, so I might give you a bit of that perspective as well. But I'll come to you first, Ben, as someone who watched the match, I believe. Uh, is there any denying, mate? Whatever we think about the game, the performance, the refereeing decisions, the tactics, the second half, it's a very, very, very good point. Agree? 100%. Um, I think you've got to look at the, the context of... with. I mean... As, as as much as Man U might have kind of fallen away from being kind of a the title challenger that they've, they've they've been in the past, that they're, they're still a team that are you know around the top four. Um, that they still command a bit of respect in, in that um, sense. And I think if if we are, are to finish above Man U, then we'll, we'll be in a very good shout for a Champions League position or, or definitely at least getting into Europe. So um, with with that in mind, and then potentially being kind of a a challenger for for where we'll be places wise at the end of the season. I, I think away to them is is a good point. Um, I think prior to the game, I I, I would kind of talk myself was getting a bit giddy about thinking we we could go there and, and kind of smash them a bit. But um, I think the, the way the game went um, was was kind of reflective of where we are. I think obviously um, we, we've drawn a lot of games this season. Um, that was another one. I think that kind of showed where we're at. Where the, the squad maybe isn't quite um, good enough uh, to, to kind of go to these top teams, we'll call them, um, and get results when we haven't got kind of our, our, our starting eleven. Um, so with with so many kind of big names missing, I think you've, you've got to be happy with with their going there and and giving a good good showing of ourselves and taking a point. Spot on, Ben. I think um, I think. My view on the earlier parts of the season was that it took us a, a while to get going. I think of the the Brighton and the Wolves performances in particular as being a bit slow, a bit a bit unnerving in terms of we weren't hitting the giddy heights of of where we'd been <clears throat> back in April May time. Um, so the fact that we are where we are um, after ten games now is is really encouraging. I think in the last three weeks of being in a bit of a a bit of a going through the motions of right, okay, we will beat Fulham with ten men, fairly easy. It wasn't really a test. Um, then it was like, right, can we, can we convert that into a proper performance against Brentford at home after the disappointment of Bournemouth and Palace? Um, and we did that, did that spectacularly smash Brentford. 
And then it was like, right, okay, we're playing well again now. We're playing, we're hitting the same kind of form. We're also, I thought before Sunday, getting most of our players back to fitness. So it's like, here we go. Now is the true test. Are we, are we in the in the conversation of, of giving the, the top six a, a game of football? And we definitely did that yesterday. And I think a, a draw was a fair result. Um, ultimately, it was a game of, of two halves, which we'll come on to. But it's it's a really encouraging performance. It keeps us in that top six, which you're allowed to say after 10 games now that that's that the, the league table is, is starting to take shape. And we're certainly in that mix and on course to to stay in it. There's, there's two more big games coming up in the next six days. But yeah, I, I can't really add much more to what you've said, Ben. It's a it's 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 a point you've got to be happy with because Man United, after being terrible the first two games of the season, have been reasonably consistent and a and a good team since and they had a lot of danger men there and we we've we've kept a clean sheet as well. So nothing but positives really. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And from a perspective of someone who was there, and I'll get your thoughts on this, Kyle, because Here's me, right, doing these podcasts, watching a lot of Newcastle United. We're going smash Brentford 5-1, and you think ASM's coming back into this. There's a chance Isaac's going to be fit. And like as the week goes on, I'm telling everyone I think we'll go there and win. But as that stadium kind of crawls into view, when you get into Manchester and you get close to the away end, I don't know whether this happens to footballers. Probably not. They're probably not as like insecure as me about me football. But you get closer to the ground and you're just like, Oh, I'll take a point here. Like, I definitely <laughs> take a point. It's just because I've been to that ground so many times, and I think I think there was a nut stat like Newcastle had conceded something like twenty-seven goals in the last nine visits to Old Trafford. That, you know, only avoided defeat four times out of the last twenty-five or something. Terrible stats like that. Um, it was just like, oh, actually, and then you get out of the pitch and you see the pitch and you see the ground and you're just like. I don't know if I'm mature enough in the, with this new version of Castle United to think we're going to go here and turn these over. And then the first half happens, and I'm like, we should be fucking tuning up here. <laughs> these are shite. The refs fucked with. Um, Kyle, I don't know whether that mirrored anything that you thought about the day, but you know, I, I know, I know already you think it's a good point because we did an instant reaction on Patreon. But um, you know, to just just tell us about whether you share any of those feelings and your thoughts on the result, mate. Well. In the in the build up to the match, like it was just like I had I had that confidence and I maintained that throughout. And then the bearer of bad news, Mister Hope, tweet <laughs> after tweet after tweet after tweet. The way he was going, I I, I questioned whether we would have actually have a team to play <laughs> as we're gone as we're gone to the t- as we're gone to the selection. But we 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 eased into the game quite well. I don't think Man United really had an answer for what until Dan Byrne was on a yellow card. Really, really. Um, but yeah, I thought going into the first half, like the first half, I thought were brilliant. I thought with Jolton, like Jolton being so unlucky with his with his chance off the bar uh, twice. Well, see, unlucky. The second one was was poor, but it, I honestly thought, like it, 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 as as Sai has said, it shows how far we've actually come. Like to go to Old Trafford, even with a glimpse of hope that we can get something, and I get it, the aura around Old Trafford and that it's still there, even no Man United or a shadow of themselves in a way when you see Old Trafford and you see the history and you, you, it, it, there's an aura around it so like it still is a tough place to go and notoriously a bad place for Newcastle to go so to pick up a point away from home with Isaac, Maximin um, Hop, 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 like all were main players were best players but Bar and Bruno out um, to pick up a point I think is a very very good result <clears throat> Yeah, no, it, it is, and I think, I think the fact that Newcastle have gone like any any point away the top six side. I don't care if you're Chelsea, 
maybe not Man City, but if you're certainly if you're, if you're Chelsea, if you're Spurs, they're looking at Man United away and they're thinking, yeah, point, we'll go there, we'll get a point, thanks very much. Win your home games, get points away from home at your biggest rivals, and you'll tend to finish above them. Um, really, really positive. You know, you've kind of got this defensive rear guard that we did, um, which also adds on to the Liverpool game where there was a lot of bad luck and refereeing and VAR again, again, uh, involved in in that sole defeat out of the first 10 games. Um, so really, really positive from that respect. I mean, we're sat here, we're going to talk a little bit later on in the show about how the start of the season has been. We're kind of Steve McLaren's famous judge me after 10 games. Well, here we are, Steve, four years on and we still got relegated. But you know, after 10 games, we're doing really well. And we have the best defensive record in the league. One of the most impressive things about yesterday, Kyle, um, for me, see if you feel the same, is that I didn't, even though it was very much backs against the wall, it wasn't that kind of like stomach churning, oh my God, they're going to score every time they come forward. It looks like they're going to score. It's backs to the wall. It's your keeper. It's like Tim Crull at Spurs 2014 pulling off stupid saves. It's It wasn't that. Man United had two shots on target, neither of which really tested Nick Pope. We've gone to Old Trafford and there's kind of maybe one side as the second half was in terms of ter- territorially. Well, keepers not had to make a save. And that in itself, even if you ignore the result, and it w- we could have lost the game uh, right at the end, I'm still convinced that the the one Fred put wide, Rashford was offside. Uh, I haven't seen a replay, of course, but live he looked offside. And then, he, you know, Rashford misses that chance at the end, which I think if Dan Burns on the pitch, he doesn't get. Um, did you feel like, like that, like that, Kyle? Like it was kind of a comfortable point rather than a backs to the wall um, by the skin of. I mean, the last thing. The last five ten minutes were a bit nervy because obviously Man United were driving forward, and I think with Bruno off the field, we lost that bit of bit of class in the midfield, and I think Man United smelt blood after he went off. But other than that, I thought we like I thought we were comfortable, and I thought I'm sure you'll get mentioned a lot in this podcast. But Sven Botman, Kieran Trippier, even Cher, like I thought had had really good games, and Man United didn't really create much without Anthony on the field. Um so for me it was a it was a fantastic performance. And it, even though like it's not about the Liverpool result or anything like that, but barring the robbery there, Newcastle have proven that they've been hard to beat. And even though we've been like on the road, the worst we've played this season's probably Brighton. And even then we kept a clean sheet and Pope had to make like three or four really good saves. Whereas if you rewind further like you look at like the 20, 30 shots a game, Darlow or Dubravka to save a game just to keep winning it. Like this team has came so, so far in such little time. And it's it's great to see because not only we're a good team on the front foot and winning the ball high up the field, we are incredibly hard to beat. And like you, you look at the you look at the top end of the league, fail to beat off Man City <laughs> minus two minutes short of being uh, not being beat off Liverpool, going to Old Trafford and not being beat despite uh, even though Arsenal and Liverpool have both been beat there this season already, like it 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 is a it, it's a fantastic start of the season and I know like there's a couple of couple of games here and there Wolves and um, Wolves and Palace and Bournemouth they're the main three that stand out as disappointments but we're still we're, we're still we've still got that like resolute defence and it's it's really good to see. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is the thing. This is maybe the first time, apart from maybe eighteen months under Rafa Benitez, in my life watching Newcastle uh, as an adult, anyway, where we've, we've been a, a superb defensive unit. 
and and by staying in games and by being difficult to beat, you're going to pick up a lot more points um, than you would be by conceding goals for fun, like we traditionally have done for a long, long time. Um, ben, you want to make a point on that? Just, it, it, I think you spot on. I mean, you you look at the majority of successful teams, um, and I think back to like. Um, obviously, the, that Chelsea team that was so dominant for a few years, like even the Liverpool one when they did win the league, they, they've built it on sorting the defences out. Yes, Liverpool scored a boatload of goals with that front three, but they never actually won the title until they went and got Alisson and Van Dijk and, and kind of sorted out that the defensive frailties they had. So I think it's definitely the right way to go. And he's a spot on to say it's, it's it's refreshing to see that we've got that solidity at the back where we we aren't going into games and we're, we're not kind of hanging on. Like, obviously, I suppose probably the Liverpool game was the, the one game where we kind of came under a lot of pressure at the end. Um, but most of the games, we've, oh, yes, teams have had a couple of chances, but it's not been like that kind of nervy last 20 minutes that we've had in the past where you, you're kind of just praying for the whistle to come and, and kind of hanging on. We're, we're generally dealing with a lot of the threats and I think... Um, it's it's definitely something that is, is going to reap rewards as we go. I mean, you look at where we are at the moment. We, we've only lost one game. Um, like a lot of those games are, are games we would have lost in the past. So um, I think when you've you've got a defensive solid, the solidity that we've got at the moment, it's it's going to buy your points. And it's that kind of old adage of you, you've got a great keeper is worth like an extra nine, twelve points in the season or whatever. Well, um, I mean, a great defense we're picking up key points here that in the past we wouldn't have had and. I mean, take take away, obviously, we've got six draws. Say, take away three of those points, we'll probably drop down a few places and we're, we're maybe not as comfortable, kind of sitting as comfortably as we are at the minute. So I think um, it's it's definitely a, a sign of progress that we're making. It's definitely showing that we're, um, we're, we're going to be challenging kind of higher up the, the, the table this season. And I think it's it, everything I see from, from the, the team at the moment, um, it just looks like we're, we're a much more mature team that are ready to kind of take the next big step in, um, hopefully that'll end up in Europe, European places. Let's get into the talking points of the game then. Uh, Sai, it's just a penalty, isn't it? Am, am I right? Are we right to be collectively outraged? I don't know. Are you collect- Are you outraged? I don't know. I think most people are, but there's a little bit of conversation where they're like, ah, oh, you know, I can see why I didn't give it. What, what did you make of Callum Wilson in the box against Rafael Varane? Now I watched this game with Arabic commentary, um, as I'm sure many others did on a on a on a stream. Um and the, the lad who was commentating was going tits, so I can only assume he was in agreement as well. But yeah, I, I said I said immediately that's a pen. Like it just it's not even it's I, I was like well, as soon as the ball goes out of play here, it's they're going to VAR and they're checking that. Now ironically, I watched for the next tw- like two, three minutes and the ball didn't go out of play. And the, the thought creeps into your head, has the ref just forgotten about it because he hasn't had a chance to bring the game back? Because it just didn't make any sense. It didn't seem like it had been checked by VAR, although the reports say that it was looked at. And um, who was it? Was it Dermot Gallagher on Sky Sports trying to justify it as not being enough of an error to, to overturn the refs' on-field decision? But it's just that's just mental. It's it's just such a pen. Like it's it's not even just it, yeah. I, I I was absolutely outraged. It's funny because Gallagher, if anyone's seen the Sky clip, like he can't bring himself to say it's not a pen because it is. Yeah, <laughs> he's like it's not it's not big enough of a mistake to reverse. But the th- the thing for for us in the ground, Kyle, I don't know. Because me and Kyle weren't stood together. Way end goes nuts. You're like, it's a penalty. He's going to give a penalty here. It's a penalty. The lad is nowhere near the ball. Nowhere near, and he clearly takes out Callum Wilson right in front of the end. But then Wilson's lack of reaction 
made me think it's not a pen. I just thought you would be screaming for it, you would be surrounding the ref. And I know, like you say, it's like the game is ongoing, so maybe there's not the chance for that. But even Wilson's reaction, I was just like, get into the ref here. And and, and there is a little bit of a conversation today about that because Man U was so, like Man U, you know, playing up to the heritage of being dicks to the ref all game. People might not want to say that, but I want to say us fucking screaming at the referee there, saying, that's a penalty, mate. Like, speak to your mate in your ear and tell, tell him to check that because you didn't have a good view of it or you didn't have this because I don't want to make this about cricket, but when Nathan Lyon has Ben Stokes <laughs> LBW on Ben Stokes in 2019 and he has a plum LBW with no reviews left, he goes to the umpire, what's that missing? What's that fucking missing? And he's talking about the stumps. It's the same with this referee here. Like, I don't, I don't want to know why it is a pen. Tell me how it isn't a penalty. Anyone who doubts, how is it not a penalty? The lad's in the box. He's running with the ball. Rafael Varane tries to take the ball off him and he cleans him out in this clear contact. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of not getting these big decisions, not just on the pitch. We don't just get the decisions on the pitch. We then don't get them from the people that are supposed to correct these things. And I'm I'm foaming as you can tell. Si. <laughs> I was I was going to agree with you, and then you somehow started talking about cricket from 2019. <laughs> what's I'm it missing? Sure if... <laughs> like what what's wrong with the shout? I just I, I can't. I don't understand I think... how the ref looks at it and says no pen. That you know that, that you know what that is. It's not a pen. What what's he on? What planet? What game is he watching? You're right, and I agree with you also about Wilson's reaction. I think um, he does immediately looks to the linesman because he's the linesman's looking right at him. So he should be given that penalty. Whatever happened to linesman who got the best view in some of these situations, waving the flag and going ref, that's a pen. Like why? Why is he not giving it? Um, I think because of VAR, players just assume well if it's that blatant because he must have thought right there was contact. He didn't get the ball. It's a pen. So he's obviously just thinking as soon as they look at this, I'm getting a pen here. So he hasn't reacted as, as much as he needed to. So VAR is almost become this thing where, because you can rely on it to, to give the obvious ones, which it, it was, it's an obvious penalty. He hasn't had to react. I think that's that's what's going through Callum Wilson's head at that particular moment is that's so blatant, I'll get that as soon as it's as soon as soon it's looked at. That's that's the issue though, isn't it? Is that, the, the, and it goes back to that Dermot Gallagher's explanation, like that's why you, you still need to kind of get into the refs because they need to give the decision because you know VAR yeah. are going to do everything they can to stick with that original decision and, and justify it, unless it's like an absolute howler. Which I mean, to, be, to me, it still was a howler. I, don't, I still yeah. don't understand. I mean, the only thing I can put it is is that Jared Gillett, Australian, doesn't understand footy. Like that's the only thing I can understand <laughs> that why that wasn't given. Sorry to any Australian like people out there. I'm, I'm not saying you all don't understand it, but Jared Gillett <laughs> good doesn't. save, Ben. Good save. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, mate, were you going to say something? To be honest, Alex, it's like it's it's very similar to the um, Ryan Fraser foul last season. Like it just cuts across them, and like they don't look at it, and it we're just kind of looking at it as if to say, well, like it's 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 blatant, and it's like the the like I think with the lack of reaction from Wilson is the element of trust the players need to put into VAR. Like like if you look at that, it will be a penalty, but they, apparently they did, but. The fucking didn't. And again, the linesman, like from where we were, like we're further back than what the linesman is. So but like it it, it was clear as day. It wasn't even the only one, the Dan Byrne one could have been as well. It's like it's like how many more this season? Like to put a question to the three is like, would Dermot Gallagher say 
do his best to stay in no penalty if it was the other way around. If that was Man United, Old Trafford, and Bruno Fernandes goes down like that from a Dan Burn tackle, you can guarantee it's a fucking penalty all day and they go to VAR and check it. They even checked check the handball in the first half at the other end for some of that. What It just wasn't, but they checked it anyway, but they didn't check a blatant foul from it. It's, again, it comes down to the checking club bad shit and it's like... Like how many times this season on Newcastle are going to have shafted by VAR? It win the first ten games, lads, and I think there's been six or seven games where with where VAR's been a talking point in these podcasts. Uh, uh, echo what you've said, Alex, and I'm fucking sick of it. It's every week at some point with the with VAR. It's it's astounding. One of the things which I've seen uh, on my timeline and people have kind of conversed with me on this is they think that, you know, there was that there have been things said like um, referee was at least consistent because there were two penalties that Man, Charlotte's Man United had in the second half. I don't agree with that because, number one, if you think they're penalties, I don't think it evens itself out. Newcastle should be one a little bit. Well, not one a little because it's a penalty, but I think we score the penalty, but that's a statistical thing that normally happens when you get penalties. They tend to be scored. They can be missed. But I don't, I don't buy this. Like, well, the referee was shit for both teams, so you can't grumble. Like, we go to Old Trafford, and even in our current state, which Jurgen Klopp tends to talk about a lot before big games, he's got Newcastle go to Old Trafford with like a third of the wage bill, with half, you know, with a team that cost half as much, probably less. You need those decisions to go for you. You need, like, we need those decisions. I, I don't think because I'm hugely biased, but even trying to be a little bit objective, I don't think that either of those Man United penalties. I don't think they were penalties. I can see why the referee didn't give them, but I don't think they're anywhere near as clear cut as that Cannon Wilson one. We'll have to crack on. There's lots to talk about. I'm halfway through the show. We haven't done the adverts. I don't know who wants to talk about Joe Linton. Kyle, I'll let you go because. I was like you. I was critical of him for the second miss in the ground, but since I've seen some replays, it's actually much harder header than it looks. Are you still? Are you still thinking he's just got to score? I, I still think he's got to score, Alex. To be honest, it's just like I thought. Like in my own head, he's just trying to have a crossbar challenge with himself. Yeah. Um, but great time to um, do it. That would be fantastic if he can hit it twice in a row like he has. It's cracking. But uh, I, the first one I can forgive, but the second one kind of not. I mean, I love Joel Linton to death, like many he's listening to. All he is probably, but like, I, I think to be honest, like he's he's finished harder chances for Newcastle. Like you look at the Norwich one last year, or like he's put better chances, like easy, like harder chances away that you didn't think he'd, he'd be able to put away. So for me, Jordan's got to score that. Like it did feel very much at half time. I thought Newcastle was superb, kind of between minutes fifteen and forty. I thought they dominated the game. I thought they were better than Manchester United in all facets of it. The home crowd silent as they were for the majority of the game, really got in their own team's back for that 20-25 minute spell. Um, but it did, it did just feel a bit to me at half-time, and bring in, sorry, I'll bring in you because you were muted, um, it did just feel a bit to me at half-time, and I said this to the lads I was with, I don't know if you can go to Old Trafford, miss a chance like that, be denied the penalty like that, and still come away with three points. It just seems unlikely. How did you feel at half-time? Such had been Newcastle's dominance that half and to not have a goal to show for it. Yeah, I mean, I was drinking, so I definitely didn't feel like that at half-time. I think the the realisation set in as the second half wore on and we had to make changes that were nowhere near as as, uh, as glamorous as the changes Man United were making. But honestly, at half-time, I was thinking, we've played well enough there and should be two up, uh, penalty and 
obviously Jolin doesn't get two goals for those two headers, but one of them should be a goal. Um, I honestly thought would I, I thought we would rattle them so much that we'd probably win the game. I, I was so confident at half time with we were the better team, and I just thought that they they were getting panicky, and we finished the the, the half finished um, fairly evenly, but that that period up to about forty minutes. We were smashing them and they didn't know what to do. We were playing balls down the channels to Miggy and I just thought something's going to come off. Wilson looks really busy. and But for the um, the inside of the post on um, on jo- from Joe Linton's head, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, the second header in particular is terrible, by the way. it's it's, it's I've watched it back so many times. At, at the first viewing, I thought, well, well, he seems to be facing away from goal and it's hard to twist your body around. But when you see the angle from behind the goal, it doesn't really look that hard. The gay is on the floor. Like it just, it's just he's got an open net to head it into, and he's, 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 I don't know what he's done, but no, uh, to answer your question, Todd, I don't, I, I didn't think, um, would miss to a chance. I thought more chances were going to come. Ultimately, it didn't really play out like that. We didn't really lay much of a glove on them second half. We still gave them a game, but as it went on, we, we got tired and, uh, obviously lost as soon as Wilson and Bruno are off the pitch. You're kind of reminded that we're, without those, we're, we're, we're just an average team, uh, with, with a couple of really brilliant players. Harsh, harsh on the rest of the lads. Um, ben, to finish off part one, then you know your your view on it. I mean, were you disappointed by, by Newcastle's second half, or as you say, is it just inevitable? They're bringing off Marcus Rashford, we're bringing on Chris Wood. The game's always going to go that way. I, I was disappointed. I mean, you, you're spot on. I think, and, and that, that's where I said, just uh, the we brought on like <laughs> championship quality players. It felt like off the bench they were bringing on like their their best players. Basically, it felt like. Um, it, it was a. I, I, I was a bit like Sai, kind of going, going coming away, coming out of half time. I thought we've been the better team here. Like let let's carry on, kick on, and and I, I felt like we were gonna come out and and continue to have a go at them and kind of dominate things. But I don't really, I can't really put my finger on what kind of change. I don't know if it was just obviously we were doing a lot of pressing. Um, it, maybe there's a bit of kind of. Um, Concern there. I mean, I think you you said before, Kyle, about obviously Burn getting getting booked. I think that kind of did have a, a big impact in terms of the mentality of them because I think Burn couldn't be as kind of um, aggressive, I suppose, with with kind of his how how, how he was handling with with Anthony. But I, I mean, I, as you say, I, I just felt like Man you were desperate. I mean, a lot that you, you talked about the penalty shots before they they were literally just desperate for something to kind of get them back into the game and. And I, I felt like we were we were going to um, continue that dominance. It didn't happen. I think because of that, obviously, and, and as you said, when the substitutions um, come come on, I suppose at that point you kind of just say hoping that we, we can kind of get through this and and hang on for the point. But um, I, I I don't know. I just I just felt like that 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 game was still there for for us to go and go and take and and and, and claim all three points in. We we just didn't have the quality. I thought. I mean, we'll, we'll go into this later on, but just just things weren't quite clicking. I, I thought um, the levels dropped a bit in terms of, as I say, the intensity. We didn't kind of take the game to them and put them under that much pressure, and it, it just kind of allowed them to to kind of get into the game. And then, as you say, the, the substitutions they were bringing on were were, were just good players that, that that kind of wrestled the initiative back for them. Yeah, I mean, they only made one sub. They brought on Rashford for for Ronaldo, but it did make a difference. And he, he was he was a he he just looked so much fitter than everyone else because for seventy minutes it was quite end to end. And I would I would say that um, even in the second half, despite the fact that we tailed off a bit, Joe Willock comes on and 
makes a few poor decisions and blasts. He gets the wrong side of his defender and then blasts it into the into the like the back of the stand for some reason. Like there's a couple of times that even late on in the game we were still in it. We were still, you know, it wasn't like we were under the cosh for the the remaining 45 minutes in that second half. We were still in it. We weren't anywhere near as in control as we had been for that spell in the first half. But what I enjoyed about this is it. You couldn't really say that they they was that we were just hanging on for dear life. At no point did I feel like that. I think you said that earlier, Dodgy, and I agree. We were, we were never sitting there thinking, I really hope we get out of this alive with a, with a point. You're sitting there thinking, well, even at 85 minutes, we could nick it, they could nick it, but it's still a game of football. And that's that's something I still can't quite get my head around because and even in previous years, like the, the one um, a couple of years ago where we were 2-0 up, it felt inevitable that they came back and just, just, just won that game. Whereas... Whereas to 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 the 89th minute or later, I still felt like there was a chance we could nick it because something special could happen. But yeah, maybe maybe I was getting carried away. Maybe I was about four or five pints deep by that point. I, d- I don't know. <laughs> we'll do part two of the show after these adverts. Uh, if you want to listen to the show without the adverts, without the gaps, join us on Patreon. It's just £3 a month now for ad-free shows. Back after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about the start of the season. Like I said earlier in the show, 10 games. It's a reasonable point to look back at what we've achieved so far. And it is attractive reading, looking at the league table. Sixth in the league. A couple of teams below with um, a game in hand, Liverpool and Brighton. Um, but we're definitely in the conversation you know, for the top six. Uh, interesting. I put out a, a poll on uh, Twitter today uh, just to kind of see where listeners were in terms of you know the surprise fact I've kind of been advocating for instance preseason I thought would be at least in the conversation for the top six this season some people have, have, have tended to think you know um evolution not revolution in top 10 would be positive uh, and that's kind of borne out in the results of the poll where 70 percent of people say Newcastle are performing better than ex- they expected this season um I- I'll revise mine slightly I thought would be probably where we are right now 
if you'd asked me before the season, well, it'll be in 10 games. I think it's remarkable where we are right now uh, because of the the bullshit we've had to put up with in terms of VAR decisions. They might not have altered the results of games because you can't know what happens next, but Newcastle are very good defensively, best defensive record in the Premier League currently. And if Newcastle's VAR decision goes against uh, goes for them uh, against Palace, possibly even against Manchester City with the Fabian Shaw penalty, um, you know, Liverpool time, there's there's another four or five points there and, and Newcastle are are looking up. You know, if Newcastle got four or five more points, you're, you're in third place or you're in fourth place. Um, in addition to that, you've also got the fact that I thought would be in the top six conversation, but I thought ASM, Bruno and Cannon Wilson would have played, you know, eight to ten games together, not two, I think they've played together. So to, to deal with the VAR controversy and the referee decisions and to deal with the um, the injuries that we've had, probably worse than, than most teams in the Premier League from an, an attacking sense, any of the attacking players being not injured, it's... Um, it's a remarkable achievement and it sets a great platform for the season. Sai, come to you first, mate. Again, you know, 10 games in, your your view so far on that? Um, if you look at the league table, it is, it's it's not really taking the same shape it has in previous years. There's not this kind of top four or five, then a huge drop-off. There's there's a top three, you could argue, because Man, Man City and Arsenal and Tottenham are somehow in that as well. Um, I've already developed a bit of a gap. But below them, there's so few points separating like the next 10 teams. It's not really... We talked about the start of the season so many times. It's like, right, there's that top six, seven, and then there's eighth, and then it's the bottom 12 who are all shite. Now, the league has been very different this year so far because teams are just beating beating each other all the time. Like like the Brentford result was a perfect example on, a, on, on Friday or Saturday. Like the... the, the, the Brighton have been excellent, and then Brentford just just beat them quite easily. It's just anyone has taken points off anyone, which encourages me because you think the points we've dropped, well, like all the other teams are dropping points like that as well. So we can't be too critical of the of the points we've dropped. And most of the time, when we have dropped points, as you rightly say, Alex, is it's been bad luck. It's been it's been a last minute joke of a goal for Liverpool. It's been a VAR. It's been you know. Um, it's been bad. We, we've been the team that deserved more points than, than what we have uh, at this moment in time. Um, on the flip side of it, it means it's going to be very tight and you could end up finishing 10th, but only a few points away from that top six because it's not going to be the same where 10th is actually 14, 15 points away from Europe. So it's going to be a very interesting season. It has been encouraging. It's a very good start. I think you're right with the, with the injuries factored in, with the expected number of points versus the number of points we have, with the difficult fixtures we've already played with the fact that we've only lost to Liverpool to a goal that happened after the full-time whistle should have gone. There's just um, there's so many reasons to look at where we are and think that's that's really good, despite the fact that you, you might be a bit worried about the teams who are only one or two points behind us because two bad results at the minute can see you drop about seven places in the league and we'll, we might be having this conversation again just before the World Cup, thinking, oh, I don't know anymore. But um, that said, I'll go into the next few fixtures, especially Wednesday night, thinking there's three more points um, to be had. So, yeah, uh, you can't you can't say that, that that first 10 fixtures now is anything other than a really good start, a, a decent reflection of where we should end up end of the season, especially because you've, there already has been plenty of injuries. So you can't even say that injuries should should hamper that any more than it has done. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased. I'm pleased. Really brilliant analysis there. And because we've got to move on, uh, we will, because Sai said it pretty well. And we'll have, to talk, we'll have to talk about some performances. We'll do a full review podcast. We'll do kind of a second version of these podcasts on Patreon. So I'm sure there'll be loads more discussion about the things we've missed out. 
Kyle, mate, um, I know after the game yesterday, um, you were very, very, very happy with Mr. Sven Botman. Um, can you tell us why? Oh, my God. Like, like honestly, like, looking back since I started supporting Newcastle, like, there's been a couple of good defenders here and there, like Chancellor and Bemba, like Lascelles when he was in, like, when he first became captain, Colaccini. Like, I've seen some all right defenders in my time. And then this, this, like, like Netherlands wall just waltzes in and just like rips it rips it up to what I think a defender is at Newcastle. Like he's he, he's incredible. Like he's twenty two years old and like it's a it's a bold claim, but I don't think there's a there's there's been a player like a centre back for a long time that good that young. He's he's very like it's no surprise Maldini wanted him at AC Milan. It's like he's he's just he's just a class above like anything I've seen at Newcastle before. Defensively, he's just he reads a game well. He's athletically sound. He's fast. Like I was I was I was laughing about with with me man you mate. Like Rashford comes on, Botman runs around the runs around Old Trafford 30, 40 yards just to body check him. I thought that was great as well. <laughs> like he's. Yesterday, he was just incredible. And to see the statistics on Twitter today that we haven't lost when Sven Botman's played is not at all surprising because that lad is special. And, like, I've seen an amazing tweet earlier on. Like, uh, Botman was said to be our Vincent Company, um, if you will. But, no, he's going to be our Sven Botman. He's just... He's, he's an amazing talent. And with the right players around him and stuff like that. That's who you build your defence around for the future because he is fucking class. You know, what's he bad at? Like, like I'm trying to think, what, what 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 part of his game does he need to improve? Kid looks like he's been playing Premier League for 10 years, not 10 minutes, 10 he games. Need, he needs to get less unlucky in front of goal because he should, he should be on the score sheet by now. That's the only thing I'd say. <laughs> but, he, you know, he's, he's fast. I mean, that, that tackle, I, I think, was it Anthony the player? Um, where he matched him for pace, and, and then gets the tackling, then gets a kick in the head for his troubles. You know, he's he's fast, he's brilliant in the air. He doesn't lose a header. Um, he, he he doesn't kind of have because Shaw was also brilliant and has been one of the players of the season. But Shaw's always like he kind of shank a cross field ball into midfield. But Botman's just so precise. Every time he yeah. plays the ball, you know it's going to go where it's intended. Um, he's so he's so calm under pressure. Like he was playing allegedly, or so where he was playing against one of his heroes yesterday, Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo really tried to get into him and really tried to press him at times, which is a shock to me personally. See Ronaldo sprinting off the ball for about five minutes, and he was just completely unfazed by it. He was just like, "Nah, I'm just going to take your time and pass to me mate at the back, or pass to me other mate, Nick Pope." Um, yeah, it was. It's almost like one of those things where yeah, we didn't go and score a goal, and the points a great point. But it was just like a pleasure to be there and witness him in action in that in that stadium doing his thing. Ben, he's just massive, though, isn't he? As well, like, and not just like I don't know. He's just physically like intimidating. I, I, I saw he was there chatting with Malassia at the end of the, the game, and it's literally like they can barely fit in the same view. <laughs> like, obviously, Malassia isn't like tiny, but um, like he's just a huge bloke. But he plays with like an aura of just. Like I, I, you can't ruffle him, as you say. Like Ronaldo trying to get in, like you can't ruffle him. He's just cool as ice. Like his composure is incredible. I mean, there's times where um, he, he was kind of bringing the ball out and just 
like nobody really even pressed him because it was like, well, there's no point because he's just too good for his like, so just let him do what he wants to do and, and just hope he passes the ball before he sparks one in from like 30 yards. Um, <laughs> and, and that will be coming. He just needs to learn from Shaw how to do it and then uh, and then he'll be getting his goals. But he, he's just a brilliant, brilliant kind of stoic centre-back. And <laughs> it's funny, like Kyle, the, the players you mentioned there, he's just classes above all of them, isn't he? Like, yeah, like... he's, he's setting new le- like a new level of kind of what a good defender is. Trippier, Ben. We've just got time for one more. Kieran Trippier, mate. Absolutely love the bloke. I mean, talk about kind of the, the one thing that we talked about in the preview was was kind of the pace of of um, the wingers. And I, I th- I'll, I'll give kind of Dan Byrne an, an honourable mention within that, just a little assist. But I thought um, Trippier was just absolutely class. And he, 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 every week you're getting like an 8 out of 10 performance, like at least from him. Um Add in the fact that he, he he's got probably the best delivery in in the league or up there anyway, um probably top five delivery in terms of the the kind of the the chances we create from um, set pieces and things like that. He's just been an unbelievable signing and for for what like under was it twelve million or something was the the deal or under twenty whatever whatever the actual sum was like I don't know that there's been better business ever in the Premier League. Um, he's completely revolutionised the team. I think the fact that obviously. We've got that such a strong defence because you can see he is constantly barking instructions, telling everyone where to be. Um, he's 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 just so um, such a great leader and and kind of he, it's almost like he's put his imprint on the rest of the team and and like we, 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 we've got kind of his almost. If, if if I was to describe Newcastle as a player in terms of what type of team they are, I'd, I'd say Trippy is the perfect kind of player because that. They're, they're gritty, kind of fighting, hot, like just just got a bit of class about them and just everything that they kind of do, I, I, it, it's all kind of through Trippier. And I think um, you can't underestimate how good a signing he was. I think when, when kind of you, you're talking about um, statements sort of signings and obviously there's, there's been bigger signings, but I think he's probably the most important one because you can see he's kind of set a standard now and, and almost helped nurture the culture where um, everybody that comes in is, is kind of hitting the ground running. And, and you can see that with Botman. Um, and, and just for yesterday, I mean, obviously a, a very difficult kind of game to go into Sancho and, and Anthony kind of <laughs> running riot at, at potentially at our defence. And we just dealt with that threat all day long. And um, I think that was one of the things where we kind of could have been at risk was the lack of pace at the wing backs, and that the, neither of them kind of created anything in the game and had to resort to holding themselves on the ground to try and win penalties. And uh, I just thought they, they that that kind of tri- Trippy's performance was was exactly kind of um, what we needed to to get something out of that game. I, I thought he was brilliant yesterday. Well said, and uh, you know when we were talking pre-game in a bar in Manchester City Centre, it's one of those things now. Whereas uh, you know, years gone by, you'd go to an away game, and if you were missing a Ben Arthur or uh, I don't know Wijnaldum or whoever or some some player, you know, who who was absolutely integral to the chances of not getting absolutely smashed. Like right now, although we were missing Isak and ASM yesterday, Mace in particular, I think was a massive miss. And if he plays Newcastle in the game, you look around the rest of the pitch and it's like, it's okay. We've got Kieran Trippier. Everything's going to be all right. He's not, he's not going to let it go. Newcastle's Bob Marley. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
yeah, I totally agree with everything you said. We've run out of time, lads, which is a massive shame because there's just so much more to say uh, about this fixture. It's a really, really positive week for Newcastle United. Everton on Wednesday, I think us four will be back for you post that. Um, doing a late shift on Wednesday night, hopefully to talk about three lovely points and hopefully multiple goals against Jordan Pickford. Never a hardship <laughs> to watch that man playing goal at St. James's Park. Uh, we'll be back then. Thanks very much to you, lads. Thanks to everyone for listening. See you then. Thank you for listening to the True Faith Podcast. Uh, I go on about it all the time, but we have a patron. Patron is basically a podcast app where you pay for extra content. We've reduced the price for the lowest membership to £3 a month, so if you want these podcasts ad-free, it's £3 a month. Uh, We also have a kind of half membership, which is £5 a month, where you get a couple of extra True Faith podcasts a week uh, that we'll record separately on other subjects, such as uh, match previews, uh, stats shows, analyst shows, that kind of thing. We'll also do a load of um, weekend content as well around the game. And we'll have our full patron membership at £8 a month, which about 800 people sign up to currently. And we're very lucky and grateful to have them all. It helps keep this show going. We'll put a lot of time and effort into the True Faith podcast. We hope that you enjoy it. We really enjoy the fact that you're listening to this and the fact you've listened all the way to the end of this podcast. Um, is I'm very grateful that you've done it. Um, so if you do like what we do, check us out on Patreon. It starts from £3 a month. You can also help us massively by leaving us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you listen through, particularly Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts, if you could leave us a comment as well, I'll be eternally grateful to you. Thanks for listening to the True Faith Podcast. See you next week. <laughs>